monetizing digital services since 2004, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Welcome to the HCI family of podcasts, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We share our own original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with the HCI family of podcasts. Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Saad Siddiqui about how technology is fundamentally changing the role of HR professionals. Saad Siddiqui, welcome to the conversation today. Thanks a lot, John. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from New York. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about how technology is fundamentally changing the role of HR professionals and the different types of HR tech that are influencing the space. As we get started, I wanted to share Saad's bio with everybody. Saad Siddiqui is general partner at Testra Ventures, a San Francisco-based VC firm that incorporates data science and quantitative analysis of non-financial data into its mix of investing criteria. He is an investor in HR tech companies like Certain, Speckett, and Forage, among others, and is a Kauffman Fellow and also previously served as an executive at Infor. Informatica and Cisco. He started his career as an investment banker at RBC Capital Markets. Uh, and I could go on and on, but I'm going to pause there, Saad. Anything else you would like to highlight by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Sure. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the background and, uh, and uh, really pre- uh, you did a much better job than I typically do. Um, I, I guess, like, maybe to add a bit more context about my journey to HR tech, uh, you've obviously had some incredible folks over the over the last few years on your podcast. Uh, my journey to into HR tech was an interesting one, where um, I started investing in HR tech uh, in COVID, and uh, being on boards of different technology companies, I, did, I started seeing this massive need of change and innovation uh, around the HR tech stack. And uh, it sort of like helped me sort of like dig in a bit deeper, helping initially uh, I started working on helping our, our portfolio companies navigate their, these challenges around remote work and uh, distributed yeah. courses and stuff like that. And then um, at, that sort of precipitated me making investments in a bunch of different companies. Yeah. Well, very cool. Thank you for that background. Um, and again, uh, it, this is a really important space uh, because just like pretty much every aspect of business and society for that matter are changing due to technology and shifting technologies. It's certainly the case for HR and the role of HR professionals is shifting. It has been shifting, but it is shifting even more dramatically in recent years due to the prevalence of these new tools, um, the the various AI uh, capabilities, uh, and, and a whole variety of um, HRIS systems and, and analytics 
resources and such uh, to help organizations do their work better. Uh, so the, the landscape's just getting really full, you know, just with all these different companies, lots of opportunity here, um, but it's also challenging for organizations to try to figure out how to navigate it. And it's certainly challenging for HR professionals, especially longtime HR professionals to kind of pivot and shift, you know, at this point in their careers. Most definitely. And, and John, I guess the way I sort of think about it is like HR teaming teams are having this whipsaw effect because in COVID, they had to navigate everyone being fully remote and like building out systems and processes to help manage remote work. Then massive acceleration of hiring. Like we have we've we've never seen hiring at the pace that we did. Yeah. And, during COVID and then whipsawed that to like massive force reductions and things like that, where uh, there's a lot more emphasis around productivity and efficiency uh, that um, in almost like a year, it seems like. Uh, so HR teams are trying to navigate all of this in a, in a very short time and kind of building processes on the fly. And the way I sort of think about it is technology can be an accelerant to yeah. your strategy uh, but it is very important to understand like what your strategy is to before you start implementing a lot of these technology solutions yeah absolutely so in in your work uh, what do you see as some of the major ways that technology is fundamentally changing and shifting the role of the day-to-day -day HR professional yeah so I think if you kind of think about it like there's a bunch of things that have happened right so um, in our mind, um, the way we identified employees is changing. The way we uh, onboard employees is changing. The way we uh, manage employees uh, uh, is changing. How we kind of monitor their success, how we sort of build out their KPIs is changing. And then as folks transition from the organization, that whole process is changing. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more emphasis around DEI um, and sort of like making sure your hiring practices uh, account for folks that are um, of diverse backgrounds. Um, so there's a lot of these uh, uh, unique things that are sort of happening at the same time and that sort of has sort of accelerated over the last couple of years. So those are some of the, the major things that we're sort of starting to think about um, or trends that we're definitely sort of uh, paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. And sorry, one last thing. And uh, I think with the advent of generative AI and all the LLMs mm -hmm. that here, um, HR teams are definitely trying to get a handle on that as well, uh, along with IT departments, uh, where people are putting a lot of sense of data uh, in in the hands of uh, systems that um, they prefer not to have vibrating company data and stuff. So um, there's just a tremendous amount of uh, change that's happening in the, in a very short time. And, and you've mentioned it a couple of times. I'll just reiterate, you know, COVID, the COVID period, the last few years has just acted as an accelerant into the future of work and into this HR tech space uh, because we were just forced to figure out how to deal with remote work and distributed teams uh, in many organizations on a dime. Now, certainly remote work has been a thing for a really long time. There have been people who've been telecommuting for 
decades, right? Um, but it hasn't been widespread. And so this was the first time that many organizations, many of which had been really resistant to these types of changes and adopting these types of systems, they were just forced to, they had no choice. They either had to do it and, and pivot or die. And, and so the mass adoption of these tools that had, you know, many of which had been available previously, but the mass adoption started to occur during that time. And because of the mass adoption, you started to see the spin up of all of these new companies, all these new HR tech companies or different products and services to help deal with this or and or the, uh, the, the the further development of existing resources. So you take, for example, Zoom, and we, you know, Zoom, Teams, uh, WebEx, all the different video conferencing platforms. They, they all existed pre-pandemic, but they're yeah. all, they've been adopted so much more now and they're so much better now. Like they've just improved so much over the last couple of years. And I think you could say the same thing about a lot of the different um, HR tech um, resources that are out there uh, for organizations. But because of that also, and because of this increased demand, it, it just means that there's been so many more companies spin up, so many more offerings um, one of the people that I, I like to follow in this space is Josh Burson. I'm sure you're familiar with Josh. Uh, he's he's kind of the HR tech guru. And I, you know, I I listen to him devoutly, uh, you know, his podcast and follow him on social media um, because he's just dialed in. And, you know, I, I I'm a you know, I'm dialed into a fraction of the level that he's dialed into the space, I'm sure. Um, but he talks about it constantly in terms of how, uh, you know, organizations are are. The, the companies themselves are navigating an unforeseen land, right? They're, they're, it's, it's all uncertain. They're trying to figure out what to do. They're trying to sell services, products to organizations that these aren't fully even baked products, right? Like it's, you're building the plane totally while you're flying it. And, and because of all of that, it just makes it more and more challenging, more messy, and uh, more and more is coming out all the time. You mentioned generative AI and, and large language models, um, you know, all the AI space and the deep machine learning space, again, this isn't new, but the mass adoption and integration is new. And uh, what, what have you seen in terms of just even over the last six months, six, eight months plus since uh, chat GPT was released and the big AI arms race, how how's AI been affecting the HR space from your perspective? Yeah, I think, uh, John, if you don't mind, I'd love to maybe piggyback on a couple of topics you touched on a bit earlier, maybe we can go back to generative AI in a sec. There's a saying in technology, which is uh, the, the future is here, it's just not evenly distributed. That yeah. all processes were and technology were there, it just gets accelerated at, uh, sometimes there's a an event that kind of is the inflection point. What we're starting to see is while we're remote work came into existence and in, like in a, in a massive way about three years ago, there's this massive backlash um, from companies both on the startup side, but also larger companies where people want folks to come back to work. And um, <clears throat> the, the thing that I've, uh, I've talked to a handful of executives over the last couple of months around how they're sort of navigating um, remote work their back to office sort of program and things of that nature. And the the way I can kind of boil it down to everything is boil everything down to is um, if if employees need to do any sort of collaborative work, if they need to do any sort of problem solving work, 
it is very hard to do that on a remote basis. You can try to do it, um, but um, a lot of that work happens in a very impromptu manner. Like there are very sort of like um, coincidental manner where you're kind of talking to folks after meetings. You're kind of sitting yeah. by the sitting by the water cooler and having like just like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. How do I solve for this? You're not setting up a scheduled 30 minute call for those. Um, those conversations. Um, if if the job requires folks to have a very repetitive job, where it's very task oriented, like hey, you come in at this time, these are the the five things we need you to do, then those jobs are very easy to kind of have in a remote basis. So, uh, because we're in a world where we're dealing with large language models and generative AI, and we're in a world where innovation is accelerating people are starting to see companies that are have all folks back in the office they're innovating faster they're they're out competing uh, uh, the folks that are sort of more remote centric and uh while people are spending more time in the like on their laptops when they're working from home as you kind of talked about initially they're they're just not collaborating in a way that they used to yeah. Uh, and we can sort of like zoom um, and all these other tools have been incredible, but it just hasn't even zoom announced that they would like to, or it hasn't announced, but it was leaked that uh, they, the CEO wants the folks to start coming back into the office. Um, so, um, and then that sort of like kind of pushes things into where we are today. Uh, we're, about what is it now? Uh, November of 2022 is when ChatGPT was launched. So about uh, 10 months ago. And in that time, um, we've seen this massive productivity gain uh, across the enterprise. Uh, we're seeing a tremendous amount of content being generated. Marketing teams are getting impacted in a massive way where they're kind of writing press releases, they're building on campaigns, they're sending out emails. Um, initially, like on an augmented basis, um, uh, like and now like fully automated as the models keep improving. Um, and then we're seeing it on the engineering side uh, where uh, there's something like uh, one fifteenth of all the code that's generated in the world today is actually generative AI code. And no, that's crazy. We suspect that that's going to get go to 80 or 90% of all code generated is going to be um, generative AI code. Um, so that's like this two departments that we're talking about, but that's we're seeing the impact across the board. And um, in a world where we're in a hyperinflation world, people are trying to become significantly more efficient than they've ever been because the cost mm -hmm. pressure is a lot higher. Um, so on the back of that, enterprises are trying to utilize these technologies in a way that doesn't compromise them. Um, the way these models work is you have to expose a lot of your sensitive company data so that you can get back answers. Um, and that's hard to do. Um, Pepsi and Coke are not gonna put their formulas on chat GPT to figure out how to improve their formulas, but that can be done. 
Yeah. And, and when we talk about the HR space, I mean, you can speak to, you just provided some good examples, but we can speak to, you know, let's say the L&D space, the training and development space, right? That's one area where generative AI has kind of changed the game very, very rapidly because, you know, there's so many really cool tools um, to generate compelling content, not crappy content, but like actually really good, compelling content. And it used to be stuff that you, it would take you a long time to really put together some really nice trainings and you have really skilled training and development professionals, you know, doing this work and, you know, you're not going to completely replace those people with chat GPT or Bard or any of these others, but certainly there's a whole lot of the work that they would do that you can streamline and do way more efficiently. So you probably don't need as many of these people um, to, to put out even more high quality content. Uh, and, and there's even, you know, the AI driven video avatars and, and, and audio generation and all these sorts of tools that just really help uh, enhance what you can do. And this is, that's just in the L and D space within HR. You talk about all of the other functional areas of HR and the sky's the limit. I mean, there's just so many different things uh, that you can do that you can accomplish uh, with, with AI. Um, and we're, we've, we've only really started to experiment. I mean, you think about everything that's happened over the last eight to 10 months, certainly a lot of experimentation has already happened, but we're so in our infancy here, you know, and I don't know if you have thoughts or predictions. I mean, nobody knows the future. We don't have a crystal ball, but like any thoughts on where we're going to be a year from now, five years from now, as we think about the HR tech space? Yeah, I think what you talk about around L&D is like, uh, let, let's maybe start there. We can kind of expand to other areas of, of HR tech. Um, we invested in a company called Speckin, which is around learning and development, um, or primarily focused on employee onboarding and training. Uh, they're of the belief, uh, and we're of the belief that, like employees need in real time training. So if I'm on a, uh, I'm a sales rep, and I'm on a call with uh, a potential customer, and that customer's using one of my competitors, like what's my playbook, right? Like maybe I've not come across that competitor yet. I can in real time figure out what that playbook is um, and use generative AI to build a script and why our product is better than the one that they're using. And you're able to get in real time conversations in that way. Um, on the other hand, there's tools like Gong um, that sort of basically record conversations and then provide, and they can sort of identify interesting uh, ways that you can sort of sell um, your product um, and what are the the things that resonate with customers when you've kind of gone through thousands of customers across hundreds of salespeople. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, that's an example of like uh, learning and development uh, and primarily in the sales uh, and marketing use case. Uh, but we're starting to see that across everything, right? So we're starting to see that in um, in customer service, um, a lot of customer service uh, roles are being automated using generative AI, and people are getting their questions answered significantly faster than they they did in the past, where they had to wait on the phone for hours on end. Um, and this sort of like basically helps you um, get answered as quickly as possible. Um, so I think this is going to start becoming much more prevalent. Um, there's going to be some really interesting adoption over the next couple of years 
of generative AI. Um, although one thing I am cognizant of security around this is very critical. You just yeah. need one company to have their private uh, data leaked and like everyone's going to start freaking out. Um, so making sure that you've got proper security controls around generative AI is really critical for, for enterprises. Um, but yeah, that's sort of like a, an area that we're sort of interested in. Uh, yeah. And, and then there's a couple other areas that we're um, also spending a bit of time on around healthcare benefits. Uh, we're also spending some time on uh, actually interesting enough background checks and how archaic that industry is and how that industry is starting to uh, also get modernized with advanced machine learning and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And th- this real-time component that you you were talking about, for example, in the HR L&D space is, is really critical. Uh, and I think I'm a university professor as well as a practitioner or consultant um, in, in my courses in the university space. You know, of course, that's one it's a bit of a different area of learning and development, but certainly, you know, traditionally in terms of training up the workforce, it's, it's, it's a very important piece of the puzzle. And in the university space, you know, professors are wringing their hands, like, what are we going to do? You know, uh, our jobs are going to be obsolete and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, uh, some things that we do are going to go away, but in, in large part, I think that's a really good thing because then I can focus on what I'm really interested in. Um, another piece that I've already started to experiment with and build into my university courses is is using chatbots within the course so that you know when when a, a student has a question that's you know a, a textbook question or a syllabus question or an assignment question they can email me i'm pretty responsive i'll get back to them pretty quickly but with the chatbot that i put into the course they can get instantaneous answers right and as long as i'm monitoring it to, you know to make sure that it's giving accurate information it gets better and better over time um, as long as i'm doing that then it's great the students get super fast real time answers to their questions and then they reach out to me with the more you know advanced types of questions or the, or the things that they really need help with but a lot of the simple things it's it's just taken care of um, i also you know i i have office hours i like to be able to help students when they have questions not just about the class but career and those sorts of things and uh, I've, I've created chatbots that will help with that so that, you know, if they want to set up office hours, absolutely set it up, schedule it, come meet with me. Um, let's have some conversations, but there's a lot of stuff, like just the, the, the general stuff that students will ask over and over and over again. I'll talk with lots of students. And especially if I have a lot of students, it's not scalable, right? For me to have a meeting with every student, but with a chat bot that's geared specifically towards those types of conversations, students can have an engaging, interactive conversation mm-hmm. Um, and it can be done in real time and they can ask whatever specific question they want and get quick answers. Is it perfect? No. Is it the same as meeting with me in person? No, but increasingly a lot of students aren't meeting with me in person anyways. Right. And so it's it, it, just an example, right? There's so many ways that we can start to apply these things and think about that from a, a learning and development perspective or a, or a leadership development and mentoring perspective within organizations. Think about trying to train up the next level of leaders um, in the pipeline for your organization and the time and energy it takes to be able to do effective mentoring programs, think how we can utilize some of these types of tools to help us do that in real time and do it more effectively. You know, the sky's the limit. So I know I keep on saying that, but it it is true. 
Well, Saad, it has just been a real pleasure. I know at the time, I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah. Um, so everyone's welcome to reach out to me. At, uh, our website is uh, telstraventures.com. Uh, my email is saad at telstraventures.com. So if folks have questions or are kind of interested in the future of HR tech, the folks are uh, you're welcome to reach out to me. Excellent. Thank you so much. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Saad and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Monetizing digital services since 2004. Boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG where innovation meets monetization.